You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. For Panther fans who want to keep pounding, the ones who want an inside look at the vault, this is Views from Street. Now, Here's your host, Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the views from Mid Street Podcast rolls on. Rob Brown to the great one, Lonzo Wrightsell with you here as we give you the midweek edition of the pod. If you're enjoying the pod, do us a favor, share it around on your social media so we can continue to grow the community. How about this one, Lonzo? There was a piece in the athletic uh, talking about Steve Wilkes. And there was an interesting little blurb in that that kind of jumped out at me that I wanted to bring out. And I I won't read you the whole thing, but I want to read you one little part that really kind of caught my attention right in the middle of the piece, right? Here's what it said, and then I want to get your knee-jerk reaction to it. So, It said, and I quote from The Athletic, Steve Wilkes has a way of relating to players who have responded well to his straightforward approach. After last week's 13-3 loss at Baltimore, Wilkes started the week by challenging the star players to play like stars. To punctuate the message, Wilkes had the video department put photos of all the high draft picks and prominent free agents on the projector screen in the meeting room. It was akin to being called out, but the way Wilkes presented it, it felt more like a challenge, linebacker Frankie Louvu and other players said. Burns recalled Wilkes saying, quote, there are the stars, go be stars. Burns said, and we were like, yes, sir. The stars responded. Louvu had a team leading eight tackles. Burns had two sacks on Wilson, including a strip sack and three quarterback hits. Deontay Foreman posted his fourth 100-yard rushing game, and DJ Moore had his best game in a month. Brian Burns said, quote, I love Wilkes. Man, it's probably too soon to tell what they're going to do, but I love Wilkes. That's my dog, end quote. Well, as far, as, <laughs> my first thought is what quarterbacks were up there. I, I, I mean, on, on the – on, on the overhead or whatever he was using, the, the PowerPoint, I don't know. Uh, he, he looks to me like an overhead kind of guy, you know, still back there in the overhead. Ah, what quarterbacks were up there? Yeah, the defense played well. Yeah, the, so all the guys who you expected to play well played well. What quarterbacks were on that screen? Or did he consider any of them stars? It's a good question, right? Do you throw Baker up there? Do you throw Sam up there? Do you put a little pressure on those guys? I mean, y'all got the fat contracts. You're the QB. Uh, what I do know is... None of them talked, by the way. None of them right. talked. And and to the majority of the fans and the way that, that uh, media and advertising is directed, the quarterback is the star of just about every team. And if you don't put the quarterback up there when you're this matchup coming this Sunday, it's always this quarterback versus this quarterback. I didn't hear a quarterback mentioned in there or talked to or or anything. I just kind of find that odd. I will say this. The guys that I wanted to perform uh, in this game, right? Luvu, Burns, they did. They stepped up. And the fact that they 
liked, appreciated, and, and took that. Because I, you know, when I when I started reading that piece the first time, when I was when I was going through that piece for the first time, and I was looking through that piece for the first time, and I came across that story, right? That story where Steve Wilkes put the faces of the stars on a projector up in front of the room. Uh, I could see how a thinly egoed player could look at that and go, no, bro, it's not cool, right? Like you're, you're, you're kind of putting us on blast a little bit. That's not a great look. I'm yeah, not but, down but to that. Think of it another way. If your picture isn't up there, you talk about th- th- thin egos. If, if, if you consider yourself a star and your picture ain't up on that screen, how are you reacting? You're not loving the coach for that. Is, is that going to make you dig deep and become the star so you're up there? No. You're getting paid like everybody else. You're probably pretty offended that he doesn't expect you to be a star. See, and I guess that's why I, I, I guess that's kind of why I, I find it interesting, though, because I'm looking at it and I'm thinking to myself, all right, he found a way that he could call out the guys that need to be called out. He found a way that he could add a little pressure to them to tell you, we need you guys to perform here. But here's my thought. My thought would be, if I'm not on that board, right, and I consider myself a star and I'm not on that board, the challenge to me now is, what do I need to do to get Wilkes to put my picture up there, right? Like, I want to get called out. I want to get called out. I want to be a star because as we've talked about a number of times, an element of this right now for me is, and I still think it's true, even if we are making a playoff push, an element of what this year is to me is who the hell wants to be here and who wants to be here next year when this division now belongs to us. If you want to be here next year and be on a contender, and I think we will be, I need you to prove that to me right now. And so if that is the message, if that is the intent that Wilkes has here, I think it's kind of interesting that you've created this scenario where the guys that are on the board feel like it is a call out, but not a disrespectful one, right? Like your leaders, I expect you to lead. You are the guys we're looking to, 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 to bust it out there for me. And then if your name's not up there, Right. Because I'll tell you right now, you and I, you know, we, we've talked about this and our work ethic and mentality and all that. Every time that our big boss, our GM or our programming director pops out an email that's like, hey, we want to recognize the efforts of this, that and the other. We want to recognize these people for going above and beyond. When my name's on it, I'm like fist pump, like Tiger Woods, baby, just knocking down a 12th at the Masters. And if my name's on, not on it, I'm like, yo, what the hell, man? That are like, what the hell? I've got to be better. I want my name on this email next time it gets sent out. That's kind of what Wilkes did here. And if you are too much of a diva, that that bothers you so much that you're like, I'm out. Cool, man. That's what I'm looking for. I want to know who wants out to have this team, when it turns the corner next year, have a bunch of guys that are lockstep to get there. I loved this story. And maybe if it happens to another coach, I go, well, that's kind of dumb and cheesy. But in this scenario, I think it's absolutely fan-dagumtastic, as Bobby right. Bowden would say. All right. So so and maybe it's just a contrarian in me, or maybe it's uh, the guy in me who sees other people get the spotlight and the shine, and they don't always deserve it, especially a lot of times it's, they get 
recognition when they're not the ones who did the hard work and not the ones who got them there. I So many times coaches talk about the team and about how we're a team, we're a unit, we're a family. What he just did was the opposite of that. He said, these guys are better than all of you. These are my guys. If you're not up on the list, you're not one of my guys. So if I'm a guy who's who's a, a workhorse, who's out there every day before anybody else and there after everybody else, and I'm not up on that screen, I'm upset because I'm looking at this going, okay, this guy's not my guy. This is not the team where I need to be. I need to go somewhere where they appreciate everybody and don't put these guys up on a pedestal and say, these guys are the ones who are going to get us there, but everybody else, um, thanks for being on the team. Now, see, I, I, like I said, I don't take it that way, right? You get those same emails. You get the same emails I do at work, though. You're telling me when they call out and they go, this host, this host, this host went above and beyond. Do you look at that email and go, oh, I guess I'm not one of the team? Or do you spin around in the chair and be like, Rob Brown, we got to work more. We got to do it. I know you. You take it as a direct challenge to get your name on that email the next time it goes out. That's how I took it. I was like, yo, I want on that email. If you are Yitor Gross Meadows and your name's not up there with Luvu and Burns, if you are the type of dude that Steve Wilkes wants on this team, should it be the head coach next year? You're going to come out next week and you're going to get you two or three sacks so that the week after that, when he says, go be stars, you're one of the stars he talks about. Not my guy. Uh, he uh, only recognizes front runners, only, only recognizes guys with names, doesn't care about the, the, the little guy, the glue that is the team. There is no team here. There are only stars, and that bothers me. All right, let's get to what was based on the way that uh, social media was talking about Carolina this week. The biggest story of the week, great one. Matt Rule got hired by the Nebraska Court Huskers, which, if I may, quick timeout. If we would like to teleport, if we would like to time travel back, I don't know, about eight, nine weeks, I believe that there was one particular podcaster and radio host in Greenville, South Carolina, that said repeatedly, if Rule is let go early, it is because he has found a coaching job and he will be the head coach before this college football season is over. And I gave you one school that I thought was the front runner, and it was the University of Nebraska. This is a deal that works out well. Listen. Look at, look at you putting your own picture up there on that. I know. I like. I thought about adding, but we have a visual component to this because we put our short clips out. I thought about photoshopping a picture of me holding up a winner's trophy that just says "Right Again" uh, because I was. Uh, look, I don't really particularly care about coaching buyouts and all that. Right. The only thing I care about is the impact it would have mentally on an owner and a general manager. Right. Like, would this shy tepper away? From the next time there's a coach that he thinks is the next guy, would it shy him away from offering uh, a contract that would be competitive with other teams maybe looking at that same guy? And the answer is I got no way of knowing that to be true one way or the other. But uh, I am sure to David Tepper for Nebraska to give Matt Rule, what was it, like an, an eight- or nine-year contract that is easily – going to be worth more than the 40 mil that Tep would have been on the hook if Matt Rule decided to stay on uh, you know stay 
uh, unemployed. That is a big factor. But what is interesting about it is not just the fact that Matt Rule is now a Nebraska Cornhusker and the head coach of that football program. What is interesting is, is not just that Rule is gone. It's now that there are a couple of coaches that are leaving Carolina to head on over. Assistant defensive line coach Terrence Knighton and assistant strength coach Corey Campbell have both left the program, according to The Athletic and Joe Person from The Athletic, who reported on this and broke that news, says that there, quote, could be other departures coming soon, but those are the first two, end quote. So, you know, here's the thing. I saw a lot of Panthers folks on social media early, though, that were freaking out about this, right? They're like, oh, Matt Rule's going to take. Here's the thing, man. Whether it's Steve Wilkes or anybody else next year, a lot of these guys were going to be out anyway, right? Like a head coach, when he comes in, wants all of his guys in the role. Guys they like, guys they trust, they want them in the role. This was inevitable. It's going to happen. If we were a two-win football team, nobody cares about this. I get not wanting to break up the cohesion, the chemistry, when you're in a divisional run right now, Zoe. Uh, But these guys were all going to be gone more than likely next year anyway. It's not the end of the world. I don't know how much chemistry. Because remember, these are all OOU guys, right? All OOU guys. Now that the OOU era is over, I don't know how much, if any, chemistry was ultimately going to be disrupted there. But like I said, don't panic. Don't worry about it. These were all guys that weren't going to be there next year anyway. And while I would love to win the division this year, more important to me, though, is having the best possible team and coaching uh, coaching staff constructed for next year's run at what I think will be a very depleted NFC South. All right. And as far as that goes, we don't know if any of these coaches – that are currently with the Panthers will be there next year. Cause there's no, it's, it's not a guarantee that Wilkes gets this job. And if he does, sure. he's probably only keeping one other guy. Everybody else was going to be gone anyway. And that's, that's, that's his guy that he brought with him. Uh, who's the defensive coordinator right now. He stays, everybody else was going to go. And it's not unusual for, for a coach to go somewhere and bring the guys with them that he brought to that place. Those are guys that, that Matt rule hired. Because the way Tepper runs things, the, uh, the the coach gets to make the hires for his assistant coaches. So he hired all those guys, and those are guys that have probably been with him everywhere he's gone. And uh, and and Rule is even you know grabbing guys from other college programs and stuff too. So um, uh, South Carolina's offensive coordinator Marcus yeah. Satterfield has left the Gamecocks to head up there. Yeah, so um, it's not unusual. I don't know if this says one way or another if Wilkes is going to get the job, but if you were disappointed, and everyone was, with uh, with Matt Rule's tenure there at Carolina Panthers, you want him to take all his guys with him anyway. We shall find out the future, ladies and gentlemen, of course, in the future. That is going to do it for this episode of the Views from Mint Street podcast. The next episode, of course, drops on Friday. It's the bye week, so we'll have a little fun. On Friday, right? We'll, we'll we'll hand out some midseason grades. Well, I guess slightly after midseason grades, we'll do another rundown the status of the NFC South. Maybe even spend some time breaking down the Saints, the Bucks, and the Falcons and where they are right now. Friday's show is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, do us a favor. Make sure you are subscribed to the Views from Ministry podcast. Make sure you are downloading every episode 
of the Views from Main Street podcast. And make sure that you are spreading it around the social circle so that we can continue to do this bad boy. Lonzo, any final words for the people? Yeah, it's a, it's the number two show off of six pods off of a victory. And, and I'm okay with that. I like being happy every single time. Uh, so looking forward to having fun on Friday. And like Rob said, tell a friend about us. Let's, uh, let's share this. Let's make this thing grow. If you tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends and they tell two friends, soon enough we'll be on the billboards uh, in, uh, in Bank of America. All right? That's what we're going for, ladies and gentlemen. All right. We will see y'all back here on Friday for the wrap-up this week, although not pregame prognostication pod because there's no game this week. We're celebrating the way for two weeks, baby, right here on the Views for Mint Street podcast. Keep pounding, baby.